hello, Career Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back. And uh, I want to ask you a question. Did you see the article that's been floating around about how DoorDash is only paying $1.45 per hour? Now, depending on which version of the article or whatever that you've seen, um, there's a legitimate study out there, and then there are the reports that are utter garbage. But what I want to do is take that and ask this question. Do you think, is DoorDash exploiting their delivery drivers? And what about Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, any of the others? Are they taking advantage of the independent contractors? Folks, I can't get inside Tony's shoe's head or inside of Matt Maloney's mind, so I'm not a mind reader, and uh, all of that is outside of my not-being-God pay grade, you know. So I can't say that they are absolutely intentionally exploiting. What I can do is I can look at the evidence, and I can tell you my evaluation, and I do think that they are predatory. I do believe that they're exploiting independent contractor status, and I believe it's wrong. And yet I'm still delivering for them. What's up with that? Because here's the deal. When you're running a business, it's not uncommon for the customer to try to exploit you. And part of running a business is running your business in such a way you don't get exploited. But what kind of brought some of this up is I mentioned that article. And earlier this week, I wrote a post responding to the articles that were out there and especially the garbage reporting that was done on them. And I asked that question, you know, are they really only paid $1.45 an hour? And there have been a few articles circulating that make that claim, and I just called them out. Now, the reports were about a study uh, that was done by Working Washington. They're a advocacy group out in Washington State, and I respect what they do, and I respect the study. But what that study did is it looked at the DoorDash portion of pay that Dashers were receiving. It did not look at tips. And they didn't look at tips for a reason. Now, what they found was that based on just what DoorDash was paying themselves, what Dashers were making was an average of $1.45 per hour. Uh, now, you got to notice the key words there, what DoorDash was paying. This wasn't a study of what DoorDashers, what Dashers are making, but it's what part of what they make comes from DoorDash. Now, it's a legitimate study and it's a legitimate idea because what they're doing is they are comparing it to, let's say, if you're a tipped employee. You know, uh, in a lot of states, the minimum wage for tipped employees is still $2.13. In the state of Washington, I think it's $12. And so it makes sense to look at that, which portion of whatever the company is paying you know, really is what are they making an hour based on that part alone before tips? My issue wasn't with the study. My beef is the reporting. Uh, Salon and Gizmodo and there's a couple of others that have put out that story. And the way they phrase it is they say DoorDash couriers are making only $1.45 an hour. They don't mention anywhere that it's not factoring in tips. That's the, and it's misleading, and I believe it's intentionally misleading. And uh, if it's not intentionally misleading, it is absolutely very sloppy, very poor reporting. 
uh, maybe sensational, maybe headline grabbing, maybe clickbait, whatever you want to call it. But it's inaccurate, it's sloppy, and uh, and and that's what I responded to with the article that I wrote. And I'll, I'll have a link to that article in the show notes. But it brings about this whole issue of exploitation. You know, I got a very thoughtful email in response to the article. And I want to quote part of what he said. I'm not going to give his name or anything like that because I haven't asked to give his name. But he said, in my opinion, there's absolutely no way to view it as anything other than exploitation of the drivers, the restaurants, their wait staff, and the customers. And I think that customers would want to know the unethical practices that their patronage is supporting. I also feel like no one who works as hard as we do, Making tons of money for the higher-ups should be disrespected, dismissed, and have to wonder if they'll make enough tip money on every job to get through the week. I feel like that's wrong on all levels. I think his concerns are fair, uh, and I, I, I totally get and understand it. And, and, and I want to throw this in real quick. I really did appreciate getting that email. Uh, even, even if it maybe, you know, on, for the most part might have disagreed with some of what I had to say. You know what? The email was very thoughtful, made some good points. And, and I just, uh, I love the heck out of getting that email from him. I don't know how to explain it. But let's talk about that. You know, that comment that he said that it is exploitative, that it is an exploitation of drivers, restaurants, or wait staff. And let's just talk about that whole issue of being exploited by these delivery gig companies. Now, I think there's exploitation going on, but the question is, what is the exploitation? Where is it happening? Because, you know, this this is a part where I, I walk both sides of this in a certain way. It almost looks like I'm straddling the fence, but I I think I very clearly am not. But I've got a problem with the victim mentality around some of this exploitation talk. And I'll get into that soon enough. But here's the thing. I do not have an issue with the gig economy idea at all. I don't have an issue with being an independent contractor. I prefer being an independent contractor. I like the idea. You know, with this gig economy, that you can pick up a few side things to earn some money. And uh, gosh, guys, if if you're as old as I am, you know, you think back 20 years ago and uh, there were times in my life I really, really, really would have loved to have had this kind of flexibility that we've got today. And when you get right down to it, though, I'm I'm kind of afraid that if you force an employment model on all these gig companies, you could kill that. And and I would be really disappointed because I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to kind of make some money on the side and some different things like that. The bottom line, folks, is we're running a business and DoorDash or any of these other companies, they are our customer. Folks, if you walk into a high-end steakhouse, let's say like a Ruth's Chris, if you're familiar with them, and you offer them $2 for the prime rib, Ruth's Chris is not going to be exploited by that. They're just going to say no. They might throw you out in your ear for all I know. So that kind of thing, when you look at it through those eyes, through that lens, sometimes I have trouble saying that if you're making certain earnings rate as a business owner, which is what we are, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, that is what we are. And if you're making a certain earning rate as a business owner and you're being exploited, you know, it's just, it's kind of hard to draw that connection. But I do think that these companies are exploitative. And I think where the exploitation is happening is 
It's, it's more about the large scale use of that independent contractor relationship to fill a role that really, I think, is not meant to be filled by independent contractors, at least not at that scale. Ultimately, what they're doing is they are taking advantage of people who are going into this whole thing thinking that it's a job or thinking like it's a job and having that employee mindset. Now, I will say that there's exploitation going on, but I think it actually is probably more exploiting that contractor status more than the individual contractors themselves. And and yeah, that does lead to exploiting the contractors in a way. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to kind of put it all into words. And but here's here's the thing though about how these delivery companies frame that relationship with the people that are working for them, doing the deliveries for them. They will say we're not delivery companies, but we're just technology companies that bring restaurants, customers, and couriers together. But you know when you put it that way, you know the natural extension of that is then we just get out of the way and let them work it out them among themselves. Yeah, right, my friends. I'm okay with the use of independent contractors if it is within the way that they frame it, but we all know that it isn't. And I think where I'm getting at is the whole thing about the exploitation that's going on and that's happening, I think a lot of it is just happening in them lying about that contractor relationship and lying about what that relationship really is. And that, I think, is where the problem lies. And this is where I feel like they're exploiting, or maybe even worse, we all know that that's not how the relationship works. Now, most of the people signing up, they're not doing that with that kind of thing in mind. I'm pretty convinced that most contractors think that there is still somewhat of an employee relationship going on. They still look at Grubhub or DoorDash or any of these others as the boss. They know that. These companies know that. And they're fine with that. They're not going to do anything to change that impression because that's what they want. Think about this. Let me ask you this. When have you ever been introduced to a restaurant or a customer where they say, okay, guys, just work out the details among yourselves, right? When have you ever taken a delivery through these platforms where the delivery fee is actually paid directly by the restaurant or the customers? I don't mean the tips, but the delivery fee. Yes, I know the customer tips you, but that's understood on all sides that that is kind of an over and above type of thing. But you see where I'm going with that is that those things that would happen if it were the way that they said it was, they don't happen. The delivery fees you get, they have nothing to do with the delivery fee that the customer pays or anything like that. And that's that's the problem, though, is in the details of how all of this works. Who is it that pays you? It is DoorDash, it is Grubhub, it is Postmates and Uber Eats, and they pay you based on their formula, not based on what the delivery fee is from the customer. And so there's there's no correlation there. Well, who's selling the food here? On the vast majority of these deliveries, um, every once in a while you get one that's kind of ordered by the restaurant or something like that, but, but the vast majority of these deliveries, where's the customer placing the order? Through the delivery, com- I mean, the uh, the platform, I don't know, with DoorDash, with Grubhub, and that doesn't look like connecting all these people together. They're actually selling the food. They're charging the restaurant for doing this. They're charging the customer for doing this, and they are choosing and they are directing the courier that they're going to assign to this order. Now, so tell me how that 
is just a tech company and that they're not a delivery company. Now, I think a further problem then is how they relate to the employees. I'm, I'm sorry, the contractors. Guys, have you ever seen the ads that uh, they put out? And I've got a screenshot of uh, one that uh, Grubhub did. You can see it on the associated uh, blog post that goes with this episode. And I'll have a link for that in the show notes. Let me read it to you. It says, earn up to $20 an hour by delivering food with Grubhub. That's right. No writers, just real money. Earn up to $20 an hour. Does that look like a business that's looking for businesses to contract with? I mean, here's here's the thing is usually in a business to contractor relationship, it's as much about the contractor seeking out the businesses, not the businesses, you know, trying to recruit the contractor or something uh, that it, it's, you know, it, it is so backwards from a business business relationship. But then when the advertising and the recruiting looks more like an employment ad, that kind of lays the tone down. And they recruit like they're hiring employees, and, and that's a huge problem. But they slip just enough language into the contract that they satisfy the requirements, that they satisfy the legal, it says, yes, we did make sure that everybody understands that they're an independent contractor, but they sure didn't go overboard trying to make sure that everybody understood what an independent contractor is, and there's a reason that they don't. Folks, there's no guarantees when you're running a business. You can't require a customer to buy from you. You could make a profit. You could make nothing. That's part of the deal of being a business owner, and that's what you are as an independent contractor. The problem is, is that none of these companies could get enough people to deliver all these orders if they were to frame it honestly. If people understood going in that, hey, there's no guarantees, you're not going to get any minimum wage or anything, and help. Grubhub, they, they threw out their hourly guarantee as part of the recruiting. I know they did when I signed up. They made a big deal about, oh, you get $12 an hour minimum pay. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of strings involved with that that they don't tell you about it right up front. But when you're honest about the fact that there's a lot of risk and there's a real possibility that you make squat, that uh, if they're honest about that, you're not going to get enough people to sign up to cover all the deliveries that they need to cover. So they soften the language and they post these ads and if you're really putting people in touch like that, I would think if if it was what they claimed it was going to be, then you'd frame that hiring process that way. It'd be almost more like a business, you know, putting out an RFP that, hey, we're looking for contractors to do some work for us. We're looking for other businesses. And so I don't think there's any other way to say it except for the, the way that they do it right now is is a flat out lie. And they want you to think it's an employee relationship. They just don't want to have to pay for it. And this is where the problem comes in, and that's where the exploitation happens. They want you to accept a percentage of orders. They find ways to punish you if you don't. And if nothing else, you know, they float the word out there that uh, you can get punished if you don't. You can get deactivated. I don't know how many times I've heard people being told by, you know, driver specialists or the care or different things like that, that, hey, you could be deactivated for your acceptance rate. But you notice that they never put it in writing. And I wholeheartedly believe that that's intentional. What they're doing is it's intimidation. And what they're doing is they're testing the limits of what they can get away with in controlling us. But here's something that you got to understand about these companies is they, they really almost are forced to do it that way because they're not getting the work done. They're not getting the deliveries done. 
they are having a huge problem with orders not being accepted. And and they are scrambling like crazy trying to figure out how do we get these taken care of? That's part of, that's the reason that I think Grubhub has taken a dive in market share because they were so bad at getting orders fulfilled. And DoorDash is running into the problem now uh, with their new pay model. In episode 51, I talked about this thing a lot, that a lot of the reason they're struggling is because they're losing customers and because their service is terrible. They all suck at this thing. and But the problem is, is you cannot make logistics work with contractors because you can't control the process. Well, they know that, but they've got to find some way to try and get these things taken care of. And they got to find some way to try and manipulate and intimidate people into thinking like employees, because that's the next best thing, I guess, to hiring employees. But they're not willing to pay up for the employees. That's where there is exploitation. When they expect you to act like an employee, when they pressure you, when they try and control you like an employee, but they're not willing to pay as employees, um, when they cross the lines of that relationship that they insisted be set up, I do believe that that's exploitation. So the question is, does that mean that we are exploited? And my answer to that is a little bit different because it's only if you let yourself be exploited. I do think a lot of drivers are exploited, but that doesn't mean that being a driver means you're being exploited. There's a big difference there. Now, the ones, though, that are being exploited are the ones that are willing to act and think like employees who are willing to walk into this and just be told what these companies are doing. And the ones who walk into this thinking that they're owed some kind of a minimum, that they're owed something for doing this and who don't take the whole idea that you're running a business at heart. And I believe that that's intentional on the part of these companies. I believe that they want these people to come in and act that way and think that way because then they can control them a little more easy. And that is exploitation. So I'm a lot, I'm like a lot of people who despise that exploitation, but I think there's an area where I differ because, because folks, I've got to be honest here. I've got a hard time feeling sorry for anybody who does get exploited within this environment. Because if you're exploited, it's because you let it happen. Folks, as contractors, you've got responsibility in this. Let me ask you these questions. Did you read the contract when you sign up? If not, why should anybody be feeling sorry for you for what's happening right now? Well, did you pay attention to that part of the contract then? If you read it that said you're an independent contractor, well, why should I feel sympathy for you if you didn't pay attention to that? And if you did pay attention, did you take time to understand what that really means? Did you dig into that? Did you research it? Did you realize that means that you're running a business? Did you understand the implications of that? If not, why the hell not? Why didn't you research that? You signed it. I've got no sympathy there. And if you did all of those things and you don't like what it means to be an independent contractor, but you signed up anyway, no sympathy. That's just, that's just the bottom line. You've got to be accountable for your own decisions. And what I'm saying, you know, this doesn't remove responsibility from Grubhub or DoorDash or any of these companies because wrong is wrong. But folks, it's time to put on our big girl pants and our big boy pants, you know, take responsibility for ourselves because... You're responsible for what you agree to, and 
When you own a business, here's the bottom line. You've got no guarantees. You can hear me beat this drum over and over and over again. There's risk. There's no minimum wage. Nobody owes you a thing. If you start a business in a market where the industry doesn't support your business, you go out of business and it's nobody else's fault. It was your decision to start a business where it's not sustainable. Maybe it was your your business plan. Maybe it was you know, the way that you operated the business. Maybe it was just that you didn't realize the market was that bad. That's part of the risk that goes with starting any kind of a business. And that's the risk you signed on for when you agreed to be a business. And at this point, when you signed it, it doesn't matter if you think it's fair. You signed up for it. If you didn't pay attention to what you signed up for, well, what right do you have now to change the game? You agreed to something, and it's it's not right to say, okay, this is this I agree to this, but oh, by the way, you should be treating me like something totally different. You signed on to it. You agreed to it. And if you continue to spin your wheels from the market, such as your customers, Grubhub, DoorDash, all those, don't support being able to make the money. Well, that's on you too. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. You agreed that you are running a business. And so this is is on your shoulders just as much as the others. Now, how do you avoid being exploited then by Grubhub and, and DoorDash and all of those others? You take this for what it is. You take it as a business. You treat it like a business. You embrace the idea that you're a business owner and you look at what you're doing as what it would look like if it were a business. Because the thing is, you are running a business. It doesn't matter whether you agree with the concept or not. It doesn't matter even if you think all of the things line up with what a business would be. You signed up for it, and you agreed in the contract that you are running a business. And honestly, folks, the only way that you can actually avoid being exploited is to embrace that fact, treat it like a business, run with it as though it's a business, and to think with a business owner's mindset. And that, that's going to involve a few things, okay? It's going to involve understanding that you are running a business. And like I said, you know, hammer, hammer, hammer here. There's no guarantees. They, you can't force somebody to buy your product or service. You could make really great money doing this. You could take a bath at it, you know? That's what being a business owner means. It doesn't matter what kind of business you start, there's that risk and there are no guarantees. Nobody's going to take care of you. Nothing is owed to you. And there's no entitlement to being a business owner. You're completely and totally on your own. And that's the difference between working for someone else and working for yourself. There is reality to being a business owner. And some of that stuff just sucks, you know, but there's freedom in that too, you know. In the end, you get to make the choices. You get to decide whether or not to start a business. But once you grasp the reality of what a business is, once you recognize that there's some shortfalls to running a business and deciding, okay, I'm okay with that. I understand that, but I'm going to start the business anyway. I think it's easier to move on to some things that do help you keep from being exploited. You want to take responsibility. I'm going to tell you it's incredibly freeing to move from being a victim to being the one who's responsible for what's going on. Because the thing is, when you become the owner, when you really look at it that way, and when you take the responsibility, I think it's impossible to be the victim. Because it means it puts you in control. 
Now, you've probably heard me talk a lot about Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. And, you know, his media company now has over a thousand people in it. But he takes the attitude that anything that goes wrong in that company is his fault. So if an employee makes a mistake, even though he had nothing to do with that mistake, he takes the blame for it. And, you know, he, he realizes, he looks at it like it's his fault for either hiring that person or not firing them when they realize that uh, this person couldn't cut it or not training them well enough or whatever it is, he takes responsibility. Anything that goes wrong is his fault is the way he looks at it. And I heard somebody one time say, well, that, that sounds like a depressing outlook. And he countered. He said, no, no, no. It's just the opposite. He said, I'm happier because of that. Because he's got the mindset that he is in control. He has the power to make things better. Folks, if you're not making money, then take responsibility. Look at the things that you're doing wrong. If you're not accepting the right orders, are you not efficient enough? Maybe, maybe you chose a market that isn't a real good one. But when you take responsibility, what happens is now that the decisions are on your shoulder, somebody else can't inflict anything on you. If they don't pay enough, okay, you know, you, you just say, all right, well, we're done here. Your mindset won't allow you to be victimized. And the other thing I would recommend is you just take control then. You know, you recognize that you can be in control and now you take control. You are the boss. So act that way. Grubhub's not your boss. DoorDash is not your employer. Postmates, Uber Eats are not your masters. They're not your bosses. They're none of that. All of them are your customers. Think of it that way. They're the ones paying you, right? They're your customers. They're not your boss. Doesn't that kind of change the power in the relationship? Well, claim that power. Be the boss. And you know what? If your customer doesn't offer you enough money, you got the right to say no. So say no. You've got to be in control here and you've got to make the decisions here. How does a business owner look at it with their customers? How does a store owner look at it with their customers? Somebody one comes in, they don't want to pay enough for your product or service. And so they realize you can't make them, you can't stick a gun to their head and say, you got to pay me. There's nothing as a store owner that you're entitled to from the customer. And you've got to decide whether or not, you know, is your product price too high? Can you stay in business if you lower the price? You know, all of these different things that you've got to make those decisions. But here's the thing is you're making these decisions here. And if the customer's not reasonable, sometimes the best thing to do is you fire the customer or you start finding other customers and you find some that you can rely on more and you develop a mix that works among your customers. You figure out, maybe eventually you figure out, okay, the business model just doesn't work. But then you make that decision that it's time to move on because, hey, businesses close every day. And sometimes moving on, sometimes closing up shop is your way of taking control. When you're the boss, there's no guarantees, but as the boss, you've got the ability to control the things that improve things for you as well. So how do we put an end to exploitation? Now, in the article that I told you about earlier, I said uh, that the uh, company that uh, studied DoorDash, I, I said that, you know what, it's a company that's got an agenda. And, and I had somebody take issue with that. And probably the way I said it, I could understand that, but I said it. 
when I replied to them, I said, you know what? It's okay, though. There's nothing wrong with them having an agenda. They should have an agenda because otherwise, what's the point to it? But you still got to recognize that an agenda exists. And because the reality is I've got an agenda as well. And maybe that agenda isn't all that off from what, uh, you know, work, working Washington or similar organizations are. Because I think we got our start for the same reason, to do something about the exploitation. It's just different approaches to it. I, I said it was kind of like uh, two different sides of the same coin. But their approach is, let's work through legislature. Let's work through the existing labor laws and get them to work under that. And I totally understand that. I take a different approach. Let's beat them at their own game. My response is to encourage you to take control. My response is, if they're going to tell you that you got to be a business to work with them, then be a business and take your rights that go with a business and treat it the way that you would treat it as a business that is a contractor with this company. Take control, see them as your customer and not as your boss, and be the one in control. And I think taking control can force change. You know, this business model that they have, I don't think it is sustainable. It's only going to work if people allow themselves to be exploited as contractors. But if every single contractor treated this as if, as they would with any other business, I think it would change things. So make decisions based on your business, not on what you're told to do. Set your price. Say no. And sadly, sometimes, if that means you're not getting any business, then you do the smart thing a business owner should do, and you close up shop. That last part sounds a little cruel, but you know what? As a business owner, that's part of the reality of being a business owner. If the market's not there and you can't change it, the best thing you can do is to stop being a business. But here's the rub, my friends. If you're not willing to treat it like you would treat any other business, then don't agree to be a business owner in the first place. If you don't like the arrangement, if it doesn't seem fair, then don't agree to the arrangement. Now, how would taking that approach change anything? Well, the bottom line is I think every single one of these companies are teetering. None of them are profitable right now. Grubhub, Uber, their stockholders are on the verge of revolt. DoorDash and Postmates, they're getting scared. Uh, they were going to go public last year, and they couldn't because basically investors didn't believe that they could be profitable. And the problem is, is they've got to continue to rely on investors, I think, to loan them money thinking that they'll make their money back when they go profitable. But if if they don't think that this company can go, pu go public, then they're going to quit investing. And when that happens, the companies are just going to collapse. And it's a house of cards, and it is so ready to collapsing. And I don't see it as getting better. Part of the problem is that none of them can keep customers. It's because they can't get enough drivers to take the bad orders. People blame, you know, those of us who they call cherry pickers for the problem there, but the people who are saying no to orders that make no business sense, they're just doing what these companies set them up to do. All they are doing is taking seriously the relationship that DoorDash and Grubhub and Postmates insisted be the way the relationship works. And honestly, folks, I believe it's the people that feel an obligation to take everything when they feel an obligation that, okay, we just got to keep the company afloat by making sure that all these deliveries are taken. What they're doing is they're bailing them out. And what they're doing is they're protecting them from their own bad business model. But if you say no to horrible offers, then fewer orders are delivered. 
Maybe they quit giving you the orders altogether. Okay, fine. You close up shop. But here's the thing is, if every single business owner that contracts with them, and I'd kind of much rather call them business owners than contractors, you know, if you treated it like they were business owners and you did the same things and you held your ground, the bottom line is those deliveries would not get delivered. These companies would be in more trouble and they would be forced to make whatever changes they need to be that, that need to be made. Maybe that change means they got to close shop because they can't afford to hire employees. Maybe that change means they hire employees so that they can control the process. I honestly think that's the smartest way for them to go. I don't want it to go that way because I like doing this and I don't want to be an employee. But maybe that change means they start improving the pay so that these orders can get done. That's the way it should be, though, is that, you know, people taking them at their word that we're business owners and forcing them to play alongside with what they agreed to set up. And then maybe if they realize that wasn't such a good idea to set it up that way, then they do something better. But we should not operate a bad business model ourselves. Treat this like a business. Run it well. Run it profitably because nobody can exploit you when you take control. That's it for this week, my friends. And if you want more stuff, I've got a couple of links to posts on the website, but head on over to the Entree Courier, uh, entreecourier.com. If this is helping you out at all, could you please share? Could you let people know about us so that we can help other people? And could you review us on any of the podcast sites that let you do reviews? And on top of all that, the one thing that I do want to ask you, especially in light of everything that I just got through saying here today, is please take control. Take to heart that you're running a business. Run your business. Be in control of your life and your decisions, all of that. Go out there and be the boss.